you made it to level two, deeper questions leading to deeper answers. I'm Tomas Garza, and I'm here to help you decide to transform. I'll be setting the pace for the process to support your unfolding. Learn and commit to a practice that brings simplicity and an awareness of what is ready to be released. Join me now and allow the experience of a deeper sense of love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decide to Transform. I'm your host, Tomas Garza, and with me is a very good friend and spiritual teacher, G.P. Walsh, who is a regular contributor here to this show. G.P., welcome. Thanks. Welcome. So good to be here, Tomas, as, as always, as we do every month, except last month, because I <laughs> I spilled coffee all over my electronics just as we were getting started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, well, yeah, ladies and gentlemen out there listening, no electronics were harmed in the attempted recording of our show from a couple no. of weeks ago. <laughs> they were, they were all fine. Yes. It was all done with green screen. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, it, it's all it's all very beautiful because all's well that ends well when it comes to liquid and electronic devices. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if it still works, you're good. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and for those of you that are just tuning in to a show with GP, GP has been a master spiritual teacher for quite some time, for decades. He's been teaching people and has a lifetime of practice of many, many traditions of spirituality and meditation. And GP, we have fun on this show because it's really free form most yeah. of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we just kind of go wherever it feels like going. Yes. And today we're going to start out because we do have a request, which is very, very interesting. By the way, I want to point out that if you would like to hear GP discuss a particular topic, we do record shows at once a month here. And today we have a request for GP for you to talk about the role of the teacher in spiritual practice. This is a specific request. And it's interesting because you are a teacher. Let's have a discussion about the role of the teacher. Wow. <laughs> Well, the, you know, the teacher is, is, is simply a term for anyone who, get, who can get you from point A to point B without you having to make all the mistakes yourself. <laughs> that's, kind <of> the, <laughs> that's, that's kind of the simplest definition of it, right? Somebody who's already walked that way and can point out how to go, but no teacher can actually do it for you, of course. All they can do is is point you in the direction mm -hmm. and then, you know, give warnings when uh, a pothole is about to appear. And, and, and it happens in all sorts of different aspects of life and in different, and in different ways. Um, everything we learn, you know, whether you're, whether you're learning how to, uh, you learn to talk, your parents are teachers. They're not actually sitting there, you know, like in school, you know, giving you uh, grammar and phonics and all that kind of stuff, but you're learning by imitating. And so the best, the best teacher is the one who simply exemplifies what it is they're teaching. Mm -hmm. um, and some are actually aware enough, have enough skill 
to be able to tell you what they're doing and point out the mistakes that you're making. Not all can. There are some, there are some people who, who really have mastered their the subject and they just can't teach for the damn. <laughs> but you know, I've had some music teachers that, that were like that, are just horrendous. But just watching them, watch how they do because they had their mastery um, you you kind of pick up on the vibe of it, mm-hmm. and that's an aspect of teaching that's really that that's really quite mysterious. Uh, as a young musician, when I would play with musicians who were better than me, it was frightening. <laughs> but I always played better. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the the young musician should seek out to play with players that are better than them because there's just something it's kind of a transmission or an osmosis they just pick you up and bring you into their that space if you do it long enough you'll become naturally accustomed to that space um uh, if not you know you not at first right you know then you know if you're playing with you know people on your level or worse the next night you'll you'll fall back down again Right? But if it's consistent, you know, you'll begin to internalize it. And there's a, in spiritual teaching, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, the highest, in spirituality, the highest teaching is silence. Uh, because the, the deepest truths can't be talked about. It, you, know, you can't really talk about yourself. You can talk about what you know about yourself, your self-knowledge. You can talk about what you do and what you've done and what you accomplished and who you're with and experiences you've had. But when you try to put all of that aside to just talk about you, you find you can't. There's just this silence there. And of course, that's the big, that's the big discovery. Ramana Maharshi was, was, was known as the silent sage. Um, he did speak a lot and, and um, you know, he broke. He, he he spoke about a lot of things on various levels, depending on the the level of maturity, spiritual maturity of the person who is with him. But oftentimes, there'd be a crowd of people there, and he just kind of completely goes silent for four hours and just sit there. And everybody in the room is just glowing, right? Just is kind of this this uh, silent transmission. Um, but it's be- because there was so there was no personal interest or investment on his part. He was not there to get anything. He wasn't there to acquire. He wasn't even trying to get anything for you. He was just in that purest state of being. Very similar to when I play with really good musicians. They weren't telling me what they were doing. I was simply picking up on it, right? Through a, through a it's it's a mysterious thing. But, and, you know, it's not all that unlike when you're, when you're with somebody you resonate with, you know, somebody, somebody you just meet, and, you know, meet two people and one of them, you know, you, you know, you'll never see them again, and that's quite all right. And the other one, there's something just kind of clicks. And there's, there's this kind of this silent rapport that mm-hmm. happens, a silent commonality. And the same, the same thing is very much true uh, for the spiritual teacher. And the thing with the spiritual teacher is it's an absolute necessity. There's no such thing as a self-taught sage. <laughs> the, self, the self-made, uh, you know, the, self, the self-made Buddha. 
mm. it, it, it doesn't it doesn't happen. Even Buddha said he spent 500 lifetimes as a, a bodhisattva serving a Buddha. <laughs> oh, come. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, and uh, even, you know, uh, people like Ramana Maharshi or Steve Jardine, there's just like a few people. I, I probably can count them on one hand and still have some fingers left over of who have just had this like spontaneous awakening uh, that mm-hmm. was that was final and and uh, complete right yeah. extremely rare right mm-hmm. and if you know if you look at it from the point of view of of past lives and the like you know they, they were prepared right and they were prepared for that you know the fruit was ripe and once it's ripe it's just a tiny little shake of the tree and down it comes right um, so the, the the role of the teacher is to um, is to bring you into that space within yourself, mm-hmm. so that you at first you're going to think, oh, it's their vibe, <laughs> right? But little by little you begin to realize it's not their vibe; it's yours. That yeah. that 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 space in you is simply resonating with them, right? But it's actually the same space. It's the same energy. Uh, the guru is always the one who's telling you, it's not me, it's you. It's always pointing you back to, to yourself. And, it, and it, then at the highest level, there's no teaching at all. It's not a teaching. Right? See, right. we normally think of teaching as being acquired knowledge, right? Sure, yeah. Right? But in spirituality, it's the knowledge you dispose of. <laughs> <laughs> exactly you're, you're disposing of everything that is temporary and impermanent or relative right i mean it's useful obviously right we certainly need to know how to do things i need to you know turn on the lights and the microphone and stuff so we can have this interview and get on get online but it's it's relative knowledge it was useless 30 years ago this didn't exist and i suspect 30 years from now the way we're doing it now will be completely what we know now useless Oh yeah, there was a time when I was a computer consultant um, when everything I did was state of the art, (laughs) right? Oh yeah. (laughs) Now it's like, oh yeah, some old guy did that. (laughs) I mean, completely (laughs) obsolete, right? Mm -hmm. So this is this is the way human knowledge works, and uh, you know, ultimately, it's I think it says in the Tao that the. The knowledgeable main man gains every day. The wise man loses every day. Mm-hmm. Because what we want to do is we want to see relative knowledge as relative. We get into trouble when we start thinking it's an absolute truth. Ah, this is the truth. And then we argue and fight about it and things like that. Um, because we want to hold on. But it's not the truth. It's never, never the truth. So ultimately, it goes beyond that kind of knowledge, that kind of knowing, and that kind of teaching, right? Mm-hmm. So n- n- now the, the, the teacher is really just pointing. The, the true teacher will say, I, I don't teach anything. I don't know anything. <laughs> I can't give you anything, right? And then just keep pointing you back to yourself, right? Which for most people, the very first time they hear that, they're not, they don't even know what that means. What are you, what are you t- pointing back to myself? 
And then they'll recite everything they know about themselves. And I go, yes, those are all wonderful characters about you. You've just described the fragrance of the rose. Tell me about the rose. Oh yeah. Tell me about you as you actually are. That's the teacher's, the, the teacher's ultimate job. Along the way, there's all sorts of great benefits that can happen, all sorts of life-giving stuff, life-transforming sure. stuff. Yeah. Um, healing can take place, um, emotional, mental, and physical, right? Relationships can be harmonized. Um, people's lives can be, can be transformed. But that's not the point. That's the wake in the boat, right? You don't get no boat to make a wake. You, know, you <laughs> want to go somewhere. The wake just happens as a, as a, by, a byproduct of it. So uh, every step along the way, there's a, there's a, a maturing that's taking place, a, a, a spiritual maturing. And you can notice it. You're, you're, you become more patient, slower to anger, more, more contemplative. Um, you, you, don't, you don't react as quickly. You can see both sides of the coin. Um, yeah. When those qualities start emerging, you know something very deep is it is it work you're, you're not taking that strong position anymore you're softened and right. as a result you end up becoming more compassionate more, yeah. more loving more more curious um it even it enhances intelligence because it's not being squeezed into a particular belief system it gets it gets some wings as to that kind of uh, places that you can you can examine i've i listened to i've listened to a couple of uh youtube videos of uh ex-fundamentalist christians who are now atheists oh interesting and okay just mm -hmm. talking about their story and about just what it meant to be able to actually investigate something without fear <laughs> And, and and just the, the the intellectual freedom that it gave them to to question and and the like and and um, and they're beautiful they're not they're not bitter but, uh, they're not at all bitter they just this beautiful maturing in them and they're all relatively young I'd say you know twenties and thirties one one of them is I think like twenty four or, or or something and I've seen a couple of them that were bitter. Um, but um, and they're just very well reasoned. They just this whole world opened up to them simply because uh, now they all became atheists, which I think is interesting. Right? Yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, so they completely dismissed the idea of any kind of anything outside the realm of the material model. I can understand why that would happen. Right. right. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, science came on the back of the, you know, of, of the church and how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. And so, I mean, science really rescued us from <laughs> from from the superstition <laughs> and, the, and, and the power that went yeah. with it. Right. Oh, yeah. the, the, the power that these organizations, mm -hmm. the, the, oh. the church held. Oh, yeah, sure the sway that it held at a time when we were all simply ignorant, you know, only a small fraction of the people could read and write. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, we just, you know, you're, you spend your you're 16 hours a day in the field all day. What else, you know, <laughs> and then you go to church and somebody tells you a bunch of stuff and, um, and you just kind of believe it. We were rescued from that, um, that superstition and then flopped completely the other, the other direction. Right. You know, we went, we yes. went from, you know, we went out of a, a, a living thing. The earth is a living, breathing thing. Christianity, or the Abrahamic religions basically turned it into a, uh, first it was fallen. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of and now course. all of earth was sinful. Oh, yeah. um, I think it was, De- it was Descartes who, who said there was nothing that he, he's the one who put, put out the entire, an entirely mechanical uh, version of the universe. It was totally mechanistic. The only thing that had life or animation or sentience was God and, and the mind. Everything else was a machine. And, and it would seem, it could seem so calculus worked, physics worked, all of the things they, they worked until Einstein came along. And then in, in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the, of the 20th century, other than a few mystical characters, you know, like the quantum guys and, and Einstein, eventually all of the animation got, went, went away. There was nothing animate left at all. No more God. And mind was also just part of the mechanism. And we, and that's what we've been living with now is this um, completely mechanistic view. And the thing about spirituality is it's exactly the opposite. But it needed to be rescued <laughs> from the from the superstition, right? right. And, and it's interesting because in the in the beginning, um, at the beginning of the twentieth century, at the end of the nineteenth century, was kind of the emergence of the whole new thought movement, right? With uh, Mary Baker Eddy and Christian Science, and then there was uh, Ernest Holmes, and then there were these uh, uh, other people that were pres- and they were trying to present Christianity in the context of science. Unity did that, the religious science, yeah. yeah. Uh, in the context of science, try to free it from the superstition. I mean, they all pretty much fell under the, <laughs> under the hammer <laughs> of, mm. uh, of the materialism of the 20th century. Sure. And, and I think all of them that w- would be gone had it not been for A Course in Miracles being written, which b- breathed new life mm. into uh, the whole new thought thing. I think they would oh, simply yeah. wouldn't exist yeah. if it hadn't if it hadn't been for that. Could um, be. And in the in the late twentieth century, um, yeah, and that was like nineteen seventy six. That was published, right? Uh, and there was suddenly suddenly it's it just started this new kind of animated life began to emerge. Just the coldness, the harshness, the the effect that the materialistic model it had, endless wars, two world wars for crying out loud, you know, that, you know, nuclear extinction. Um, (laughs) You know, when we look at the the fruit of what this very, very fundamental view of things is, we go, oh, my, my, really, is is this really it? Mm -hmm. Because the materialistic model is nihilistic. Yeah. There really is no meaning, right? Um, that is, there is no ultimate meaning, mm-hmm. right? So we, we make meaning 
which, you know, we need to do anyway. I mean, your meaning of what things mean to you and what they mean to me are two, two different, are, are two different things. That, that's not a diminishment of that, right? right? But yeah. it, it does rob a, a, a life of any kind of absolute purpose. Um, now, what's interesting is, is that you don't want to now try to get an absolute purpose by creating a God that imposes it from the outside. <laughs> which is the conflict we're seeing it right now you know between oh, yeah. you know the creationists right yeah. um, and this attempt to try to to try to revive you know give me that old time religion you know <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing <laughs> yeah how far back should we go zarathustra uh, athena <laughs> Give me that old time Greek religion with a, you know, <laughs> give, give me more of Pan and Bacchus by all means. <laughs> Why not? No. <laughs> so, um, it, what it's really about is to discover uh, what spirituality is. When it's divorced from, um, from religious um, dogma, right? It becomes separate, separated out from just rules of behavior. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, rules of good conduct, which are necessary, right? We want to have some ground, ground rules for how we're going to treat each other, you know? Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm not going to go into your house and take your stuff, <laughs> right? That's a, I think it's a good rule we can all agree on. Right? Um, it's not an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 they're, they're not absolutes. They're, they are relative. There is no God up there imposing stuff on it. And if we can grasp that, then we can begin to see what the real spiritual quest is, right? Mm -hmm. the, the material model is completely unsatisfying, right? And, and even, even the scientists themselves admit the, about the, the, it's called the great problem of consciousness. How do you explain self-awareness? Mm -hmm. All right. That's <laughs> you can't the question. Do it in, yeah. yeah, you can't do it in purely materialistic terms. Okay? No. No. And this is the place where the true teacher is always pointing you. So when I would say like, yeah, that's about you. What about you? I'm pointing back to the consciousness, the consciousness, the sentience, right? That is animating the, your body. The thing that's hearing my words right now. <laughs> yes. This microphone isn't hearing my words. <laughs> the wire isn't, right? Your headphones aren't, right? Even the eardrum that's vibrating and the little nerves that are converting into electronic pulses, they're not hearing my words. There's mm -hmm. this plane of cognition. And it, it's so subtle, and it's so subjective, and it's so individual, I can't possibly teach it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I can only point to it. Mm -hmm. I can only say, don't look there. Look here. But I can't see anything here. Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what do you look like from a distance of zero? Well, people might be tempted to say, well, I'm beautiful. <laughs> Great. You are. 
Yeah, you are. <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> yes. You absolutely are. It, 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 that per it that is perfection. It's silent. It's empty. It's spacious. It's not right. confined to a form, right? Yes. But the true teacher will say things like that, and then and then say, "Don't take my word for it. Look." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look for your look for yourself. If you take my word for it, it's just another belief. It's just another religion. Right? Next thing you know, I'll be asking for I'll be asking for you to sign your estate over to me and <laughs> drink this Kool-Aid. Oh no. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> no, not yeah. in South America. We're not going down there, right? <laughs> okay. no that's how but that's how it works that these beliefs they compound themselves and and then you see the obvious false teachers um and unfortunately um uh, fortunately and unfortunately those examples people just kind of withdraw to reject all of them all spiritual teachers um and it's the safest thing to do obviously if i reject them all i'm not going to get duped but if I reject them all, I'm also going to end up rejecting one that actually may be the real thing. Yes. Which now means, okay, I'm personally responsible again. <laughs> Damn it. Mm, just what I wanted to avoid. <laughs> just, oh, I just shit. want to be told what to do. But, uh-oh, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. You mean we're responsible for ourselves? Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? <laughs> Again, this is this is the true teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Which yes. isn't really it isn't teaching. It's not learning. There are no there are tests, but I don't give them. Mm. No, <laughs> life this... gives them. <laughs> sure. Oh yeah. Yes. And in spades. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's a pop so, quiz all the time. All the time. Mm. Yeah. All the all the time, like when I spilt all that stuff all over my electronics. Yeah, <laughs> pop quiz. Yeah. <laughs> well, and listeners, GP was extraordinarily composed during the pop quiz, and and as as we said at the outset, no electronics were harmed in the attempted recording of that podcast episode, which we're recording no. now. Yeah, which is no exactly problem. what we're do- we're doing we're we're doing now. Yeah, so. The role of the teacher is to bring you to the point where you don't need the teacher. Mm-hmm. There's the, you know, the old yep. saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Yes. When the student's really ready, the teacher disappears. Perfect. <laughs> and, and there you have it. Yeah, to bring you to the point where you don't need the teacher anymore. Okay. Yeah. This is very, very wonderful. And GP, let me ask you if you would like to do this. We'd love to hear from you about your teachers. Who have been your teachers? Who's your current teacher? If you could talk a little bit about that, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Um, my current teacher, um, is Muji. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, many people know of him now. Right. Um, he's probably the most well-televised sage in all history. <laughs> 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 and uh, 
just when when I met him in person, it was just the most extraordinary thing I'd ever experienced. I just never felt anything like that in my life. Just the just the sheer energy uh, that being in the Buddha field. It's what okay. it must have been like to be in the presence of Buddha or Christ. Um, I, I I mean, we met, we talked for a few moments, we hugged. He turned to walk away. My legs just started shaking. I just oh fell okay. I mean, I, I was I was just completely overwhelmed and crying. I mean, just the just this incredible uh, this incredible flow of 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 love and power. Okay. There was no there was no ego there at all. Mm. It was just pure love. It, it was it was it's hard to put into words mm -hmm. the feeling, and I wasn't the only one. There's several guys, a couple of big tough guys, just <laughs> falling because it just goes it just goes right right to the heart. I, I mean, because he's pure love, there is no ego. He sees everything. He penetrates right to the center of you. He can see all the bullshit. And it's just mm -hmm. nothing but love. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, uh, as I've got to know more what his teachings are, they're just, um, this is all he does is, they even say, this is all that's on offer here. We're, we're, we're taking you down to look at who you really are. Just put everything else aside and come right into who you are. And, um, so that, that kind of that kind of intellectual precision mixed with just a really great wit, sense of humor, and a Jamaican accent on top of it. Oh, beautiful! All right. <laughs> yeah, he's from he's from Jamaica yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> via the UK, yeah. um, and um, and his his teachings are all pointings. It's always what he's doing is 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 point is is the pointing. Yeah, and he's uh, and he's of the lineage. His his master was Papa G. Okay. Um, and Papa G's master was Ramana Ramana Maharshi, which is probably the greatest, one of the greatest sages of all time, um, and certainly the the twentieth century. Um, who um, you know just he had, he's the one who had just a completely spontaneous awakening at sixteen years old just completely completely in, in enlightened mm. if anybody if somebody doesn't know what that means because it can be that's a it's bandied about a bit people talking about enlightened and awakened or now he's woke right oh um, uh, yeah <laughs> woke <laughs> what it means is is simply um it's not a state of mind it's not a special kind of consciousness or anything like that it's a simple recognition of just this quiet sense of your own being and that that sense of your own being is more than personal, right? Yes. That, that the God everybody talks about is the sense of, I, of, of, of your being. That the great I am is your I am. To see that even a tiny bit will completely transform your life mm -hmm. in the west god is the ultimate other right yeah the supreme being looking down and so everything is about relationship with that and then even in throughout the bible it, these there's these there's these kind of these moments of of great light where there there is no 
difference, right? I mean, it even says, I am that I am. Um, I am that I am. That I am that you in here, you say I am, that's me. <laughs> uh -huh. Exactly. That's God. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the ultimate. To see that turns all of our attention inward. And now you've stepped out of the realm of dogmatic, dogmatic religion and into the realm of spirituality, which can take the form of various kinds of religious or spiritual practices. Sure. But those practices are a support. They're, they're not the point. Right? right. They're to help kind of bring all of you into alignment. Because if you spent your whole life thinking about God as other, how you're dealing with the world, a particular way of, of being, going all the way back to childhood, that's so ingrained in your whole nervous system and personality and disposition that it's going to be, it's going to, the momentum there is going to be beyond thoughts, feelings, and responses and the way we live. And so uh, a momentous thought, a momentous insight, seen as something, my God, it, it's true that the I am is God, um, is not immediately just going to unseat, you know, decades of conditioning, right? Wow. It's still going to kind of grind along, right? So that's another job of the teacher is to is to walk, work with you in that place, to show you, no, this is what's supposed to happening, be happening. This is conditioning. This is you. It is just your conditioning that you have mistaken for yourself. And that is so liberating. Yes. Right? And we, it's so easy as for us to fall, because they're habit. They're habits of thought. They're habits of behavior. They're habits, they're habits emotional patterns, uh, reactive patterns. Um, and we're so used to them, we take them for granted that we just assume, well, that's just me. That's just the way I am. No, oh, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the way you were taught to be. And so, and you were taught so well that you forgot who you actually are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mm -hmm. took this, right? And, and, and I, that's where the teacher sits there, right? Now, I will sometimes refer to it, there's a a pre-awakening sadhana or practice and a okay. post-awakening sadhana no, practice. Sure. Mm -hmm. there's, there's, there's practices and ways of approaching things that bring you up to the point where you can have that insight of, I really, I, oh, I really am one with God. God takes on a completely different meaning. I'm one with the universe. Yeah. And it's beyond the universe because the universe is, is part of the creation. It is it's it's beyond what any words can say but even a tiny little glimpse of that and there's a way of getting to the point where you have that glimpse uh -huh. once you do unless you're a ramana maharshi and it's all over you're a buddha uh for most of us <laughs> yeah <laughs> all those conditioned patterns are still going to be grinding along right and the teacher is there to say they say no you're not making a mistake no you didn't fall back no, you didn't lose it, right? This is how, this is the ebb and flow of thought. I mean, I have to teach you to not pay so much attention to your thoughts and your feelings and recognize them for what they are. You begin to get this beautiful gap between your conditioning and yourself. And that gap opens up freedom of choice where you can actually do so, build a completely different way of being. Um, and that now becomes a, a path for for 
taking the, the insight of awakening and allowing it to move into the whole system, into your heart, into your feelings. So first you, you know it's true, then you feel it's true. And then little by little, it, it takes over so thoroughly that you're, you, are, you and it are one. Everything in your life is the actual manifestation of that infinite wisdom. That's what the sage is. Okay. The sage is that infinite wisdom appearing as a human being. It's not a human being who is wise. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, it is the avatar, <laughs> right? That's what I felt with Muji, right? Okay. It was not that it was pure wisdom, pure love, you know, beyond personal. That was just appearing as this rather interesting character <laughs> st standing in standing in front of me. Mm -hmm. Okay, with a Jamaican accent. With a no Jamaican less. accent. Oh yeah. No less. Yeah. yeah. And dreads. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, let's not forget the dreadlocks. Now, when when was this, GP? How long ago did you have this experience with Muji? Uh, six years ago. Yeah. Okay. That was six years ago. I'd been well on this path, right? Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. Prior to that. I mean, my first exposure with non-dual teachings, really the, the whole Indian tradition, which you know, I just kind of knew about, I didn't know much about. Um, uh, was when I had um, I encountered Nizagadatta Maharaj, um, and I encountered him through a book because he had been dead uh, for a while when I when I discovered it. But I, it was an, it was just an interesting story, and this is how the teacher is always there, right? It yeah. may the teacher may take a form, they may not. <laughs> they may take the form of a of a kid saying something to you. Or the form of a book, or I mean, the the, yes. the teacher, the true teacher, has, is not limited at all in the form that they can take. Okay, because right? the because mm -hmm. the true teacher is in you, right? Yes, the the teacher, the guru that appears outside, is really the 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 guru in you appearing as somebody, because you can't listen to the one inside, so the, so it brings you somebody you will listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> so it's always it's always reflecting you back to you well i was mm -hmm. i was reading a book by wayne dyer called your sacred self now i like wayne dyer he's I, you know he's obviously a legend but i was never into him i never oh, read okay. any of his books oh yeah right? mm -hmm. yeah you know i i pick up yeah it just just never you know it just it was just not mine my thing right i know he's hugely mm -hmm. popular and, yeah. and the like um which is great so but i don't know how for some reason i was reading this book your separate your your sacred self but halfway in the book through the book he has a quote in there um i don't remember the quote but i i read the quote and it was interesting um but the name was underneath uh, the quote was attributed to nizagadatta maharaj and I saw that name, and it, obviously, it's not the kind of name you remember, right? <laughs> no. Right. As a matter of fact, nobody, nobody listening to me who's never heard it before could probably say what I just said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's one of those strange, strange Indian names, but something about it just went wham, just okay. you know, something clicked inside caught it caught my attention. Interestingly enough, I never finished the book after that. Uh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I never, oh. I never actually finished that book. Um, I think it's three months, maybe three, four months later. I, I was walking. I was down in 
New York City, and I, I, I walked into uh, the East West Bookstore, which is a, a spiritual bookstore. Um, I, I don't think they're open. They had one in Seattle, one in, in, in New York City, um, part of the Himalayan Institute from Swami Rama. Well, I'm walking through the, the store. It's a great place to go. Um, and this orange book catches my attention, this orange okay. and black book on the shelf. Yeah. Up the spine, it says, I am that. I look close, Nisargadana Maharaj. Ah, okay. Picked it up off the shelf. I looked at it. I bought it, right? Mm -hmm. it took me two years to read it. Okay. I was so blown away. I would read two sentences and I would close the book. Ah. I, I just, I, that took me that long to get through the whole book. It was just like one profound thing after another. And after, you know, my spiritual journey had been a rather circuitous one. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd gone through the, the metaphysical stuff, the, the new thought stuff, and, you know, biblical theology and stories and mythologies and men's work with archetypes and all, all sorts of stuff. But for the very first time, I read something, and it was not clouded in, in, in fancy language, didn't have any these or thous around it. It wasn't buried in metaphors and parables. Parables, it was like right in your face. Okay. <laughs> Just saying, dung, 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 and I'm going, where have you been all my life? <laughs> ah, yes. Okay. <laughs> and it just, it just blew me away. It just completely blew me away. And I just, I just, I just sat with it day after day after day, just kind of absorbing it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I have to, I have to include him in my list of, of teachers, which he still is. I still okay. have, I still have recordings that I, that I listen to. I still, I'm still blown away. Right. Oh, beautiful. Okay. And, and yeah. it was another character. He was this little, uh, not particular, not very handsome <laughs> guy right. in, in, in the slums of India. Uh, um, he, you know, he made, um, he made little beadies and little tiny cigarettes. You know, okay. That's how he made a living. He had some kiosks around. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, his, his experience was some friend of his brought him to meet a guru. And um, he, he was with the, the guru. He had, they had a conversation. The guru said to him, you are, you're not who you think you are. He, said, he says, that you alone are. Deny reality to anything other than yourself. And he said, I believed him. Okay. And I did what he told me to do. And, it, it, and it's beautiful. It's another aspect of the teacher mm -hmm. because he, he only had a couple of meetings with his teacher. And his teacher then, teacher then died uh, shortly, okay. thereafter, shortly thereafter. But um, he had complete faith in, in, in the guru and the truth that, of, the, of the words the guru was giving him. Now, the Western mind, that's difficult for us to fathom. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah. We're we're very cautious about these kinds of things, but you you, you know a little bit about the history of Nisargadatta. You you know that, you know, this this guy was just you know he was just a working guy in the slums of of Mumbai, <laughs> right? He was not sophisticated, nothing. So he's not the kind of guy that go, yeah, I believe in the guru, right? Mm -hmm. uh, something touched him, right? 
And he devoted every extra moment he had to doing that inquiry. He said, I puzzled over it. I alone am. He says, I, I contemplate, I puzzled over it. And eventually I saw he was absolutely right. And that kind of a relationship, um, which is common, uh, which is common in India, mm -hmm. very yeah. uncommon in here, and in yes. the West is, would, is more likely to be abused than, so we, we yeah. should be skeptical for good reason. Mm -hmm, right. right? <laughs> um, yes. Nonetheless, when you do meet somebody and they do resonate, um, you, you can, you can completely take them at their word. Now, you got to be careful. Right. Okay. Uh -huh. you, you, you know, somebody says, always oh, the great guru, and you go, always oh, great guru, and you just kind of uh, fall at their feet. You, know, you, you, have, you have to use your common sense. The true teacher will never diminish you, will never humiliate you, will never embarrass you, will never ask anything from you. Yeah. Right? It will, they will do nothing but build you up, encourage you, be honest with you. Yeah, yes, they may be harsh. They may say, no, that's, look at that closely. That's nonsense. Um, uh, but it, there will always be a kindness in it. There will always be a love. Um, and, and this is, if, if they meet that criteria, um, then you know you got to, then you know you got to keep her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and this is very, very helpful for people because there's so many people out there that, are looking, or and, and this is something that you run into, GP, all the time, people who have supposedly done everything or tried everything. And do you have any further suggestions for these folks about how they might approach this search? Well, the very, you know, first off, um, congratulate yourself that you're even on the journey that you're on the search right oh, yeah and and if it's taken a while um so what right <laughs> you know you've spent thousands of lifetimes building up illusions right you know if it takes a few years to break them down that's not a that's that's a pretty fair deal <laughs> sounds good to me right? oh, yeah. so <laughs> the very you know nobody chooses this path right we like to think we did. Oh yeah, I'm spirit. I'm spiritual. Nobody chooses it, right? Something, some, you know, things that used to be satisfying aren't satisfying anymore. Answers that that at one time you accepted, you don't accept anymore. Something inside of you, right, is just it's not quite right, right? That little annoying voice is the voice of truth, right? Sure. Tr truth doesn't have to show up as beautiful angels and rainbows and dolphins. It's, it, it can show up as, as, as very difficult times being put under a pressure. You know, you, you're always being invited to let go of what's not you. And the human beings, we always yeah. just want to hold on to things, right? Oh, as yeah. Buddha as yeah. Buddha pointed out 2,500 years ago, the cause of suffering is trying to make the impermanent permanent. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. So to, to cultivate that capacity to, um, to, to, really, to really develop that ability to discern. Right? So you should be, be congratulated. You're on the path. And if it, if it still hasn't completed itself, 
it means that you have not settled yet, right? You've not settled for second best. Right? Okay. Something inside of you just won't let you stop until you get the real thing. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> and and yeah. that's, that is a huge blessing. And that's the deep inner voice. And that inner voice isn't you in the sense that it's not your human mind or something you're making up. Mm -hmm. It's very real. It is actually the voice of you, but you don't know it's you yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not convinced yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I would say that the vast majority of people that, that come to me uh, are of that ilk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're the spiritually disillusioned. I have tried it all. I've been mm -hmm. around the same block, been there, got the t-shirt and the snow globe. Right. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they're, and, and, and they're ready for the, the substance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, in, I, to me, the highest, the highest teaching there is, is non-dual self-inquiry. All roads lead to the self-inquiry. If <clears throat> every, no matter what the practice is, and they're all great, they're all wonderful, yeah. right? Uh, and they all have their place at your particular, uh, wherever you happen to be in your development. You know, then, you know, if you're just, if you're just working through um, algebra, you can't jump into calculus. You got to go through you know, algebra and, and, to, and, and to trigonometry and geometry and all those other things before you finally get to, to cal calculus and beyond. You have to go through each one of the steps. We all do, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, just don't, don't because one of those steps doesn't work anymore right it's not bearing any fruit anymore it doesn't mean you have to you double down and do it more so now i'm going to meditate five hours a day or, or you know <laughs> um no it, it means that it's very likely that it has simply run its course for you and there's and there's a new level for you to get to and they all converge at self-inquiry which is not a practice it's not self-improvement you're now piercing apps you're questioning absolutely everything you believed to, to be true uh, and once you have completely set aside everything that isn't true what is left will have to be the truth the pure you that's that's what we're after that's what we're all truly seeking. We're all truly seeking ourselves. Yes. Nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. Nothing more, nothing less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because where else can you be satisfied? I can't For be sure. satisfied with anything that isn't me. <laughs> it'll, it'll never quite fit, right? Only if it's genuinely me will it be satisfied. Will it be, it, it, there'll be a contentment. There'll be the feeling of being home. Mm. Absolutely. Well, and that is ultimately what we're all seeking, even if we're not convinced of that yet. But again, no, me... it's absolutely true. It's absolutely yeah. true. Even, even if you're seeking, if you're a hedge fund manager trying to get your next billion, uh -huh. you're seeking yourself. You are oh, yeah. seeking happiness. Right. Um, 
you ignorantly think that the happiness is in some is in yet some other acquisition. Um, what what you're really seeking is you, because there can be no other, there can be no other source of happiness except the truth of you. Yeah, and which is beautiful and liberating. And I hope that you listening out there will take that as such. And again, GP and I also congratulate you for not settling. If you're having these questions going through your mind, this is beautiful. GP, how can people get a hold of you to find out more information about you or to work with you if people are so inclined? gpwalsh.com. All right. Very easy. Yeah, I made it as I made it as short as I possibly could. You know, too bad I don't have a last name like Ing or something. <laughs> then, it, uh, then it would be even shorter. But oh, um, yes. so yeah, gpwalsh.com is my official site that will link you off to the classroom where I have a bunch of classes. It talks about the satsangs. I do every Sunday at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube, which is just YouTube slash GP, excuse me, slash GP Walsh. That's my channel. Yeah. Um, and I've got hundreds of videos up there. Um, so that that's a, a place where you can uh, learn more about it. And if you want to meet with me privately, you can set that up on my site. You want to take one of the classes. Um, those are all available on, on, on the site. Yes, and it's gpwalsh.com. Now, I guess if they had gping.com, that would probably be a premium domain and they'd want you to pay. <laughs> Jeeping, yes. Jeeping. Yeah, you get down to three, three or four letters and uh, yeah, you can't get those. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're unavailable in 2021. Oh, yeah. What yes. do you do? All right. Yes, and gpwalsh.com. And for those who are new to GP's teaching satsang, is a really beautiful way to get acquainted with this. And that is on GP's YouTube channel, Sundays at 3 Eastern. It is a question and answer period, which is really quite, mm -hmm. it's quite wonderful. People join in from all over the world and you're more than welcome to tune into GP's YouTube channel. Well, GP, I've learned a great deal as I always do when we're chatting. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Oh, it's it's great. I just hope I hope everyone understands that the teacher is always there. It's always guiding you. Um, sometimes it takes the form of a person. Sometimes it doesn't. But you you are never without that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> never, yeah. not for yeah. one moment. Yeah, that's right. The teacher is always there. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Decide to Transform with GP Walsh. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you again very soon. <laughs>